it's never good to be walking into a place that you think you're supposed to be and then you set off the alarm. Right. And then you feel like, did I just dream this whole thing? Did I even get this place or am I an intruder? I don't know. I guess we all are intruders on this earth. Yeah. And really, we're all just vessels for the spirits that control us. Have you ever had one of those anxiety dreams where you're somewhere that you're not supposed to be? Um, and you're almost like a, you're like every second you're like this close to getting caught. Is that happens to me a lot? Wow, I really don't have that anxiety dream a lot. Oh, it's really <laughs> upsetting. It's like I'll be in some, like I'll be at like the White House or something, and I don't know how I got there, but I'm like in the part of the White House that you cannot be, and I'm just like panicking because I'm like I don't remember how I got here, and I'm gonna get in trouble, and I'm gonna go to jail or whatever, or I'm in like some other like a celebrity's house or like. I've had them before with, like, people that I have had crushes on where, like, all of a sudden I'm just in their house and I'm like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> they're going to get a restraining order against me. <laughs> Please tweet me if you've also had these because I'm feeling very alone right now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, welcome to Movie Cinema Film. All right. We are back. Um, and better than ever. Definitely, because we're in the new Late Night Home Studio. Yeah, LNH Studios. Very blue. It's really, no, it's a nice color, though. Freshly painted. And did you guys paint it? No, we did not paint it. We oh. walked in and looked at it while they were painting it. Nice. So it felt like they were preparing for us before they even knew us. Right, it was yeah. meant to be. How did you know I liked blue? <laughs> this is a really nice place though like it's very very nice i'm very proud of you guys and so happy for you guys yeah um so this is a little uh plug if you have any uh video work that you need done uh hit me up in the studio i got a green screen a white backdrop a black backdrop a little photography studio um yeah uh that's my plug as a freelancer in these weird times yeah, or if you want somebody that can edit, somebody that can do stand-up comedy, someone that can act, you can do, like, everything. Yeah, and nothing. Right, <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, we're unemployed. Nothing that I need to do. Um, well, you can argue that you do need to do it. I do a lot of things at a level that is under the level that lets you relax. Yeah. Like, I feel like I just, like, am very close to the level where I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I don't have to worry about how good I am anymore. I could just do the thing. Mm-hmm. You but can just be yet. artistic. Yeah. I've, so artsy. I've probably talked about this before because I mention it all the time, but um, I saw Jake Gyllenhaal in Sunday in the Park with George, which was unreal, and he, I saw this interview that he did about it, and the interviewer was like, hey, you know you're such a big movie star. You don't have to do theater to make money or whatever or to try and make it. You've already made it. And, um, and they're like, so why why choose to do this? And he was like, because I do need to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, he needs to do it for his, like, soul and for yeah. his art, not because he's like, oh, let me get more money. You know what I mean? I feel like that's just, like, the, it's like the cry, not to be dramatic, but it's like the cry of every artist across the world. It's like... I just want to be in a position where I can do Sunday in the Park with George and or you know something else like when I did American Idiot and it didn't pay anything and also in addition to that it took up all my time so I could not work and then I literally <laughs> had zero dollars anyway I saw it it was good 
Thank you so much. It was so fun. It was just like the tiniest production, but I don't care because because I needed to do it. Me and Jake are the same, so. As am I. We're all actors. Mm -hmm. We have to act or... Die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you guys are probably wondering why we brought you here today to movie cinema film. To scare you. Um, it is October, mm-hmm. which is, uh, a very significant, uh, star month for me, I think. Star month? Like, you mean... like, I have a lot of friends and close people in my life who are born in October. Oh my gosh. Late October, within, like, three days of each other. Libras and Scorpios, man. Yeah. So attractive. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of those is my mom. Oh. And my grandma. Right. <laughs> Super hot people. What are you talking about? And wait, another friend. Rebecca? No, no, no. A uh, roommate from college. Oh, oh. Yeah. I'm like, I know the star signs yeah. of Arena and Brendan. So. <laughs> and then probably my closest friend from college, Dylan, hmm. is also born within those like four days at the end of October. So it seems like your past is more Libras and Scorpios. I think. Wait. When is, wait, which is which? Libra's first, and then um, into, I think the last day of Libra is like the 23rd or 24th, and then it goes into Scorpio. No, it's definitely Scorpios. Oh, yeah, it's like Scorpio. right when it turns. Scorpios are, are so attractive. Like, I've always been super attracted to Scorpios. Like, and by the way, like, even more than Aries, like, Scorpios are the best. Like, I love them because they're similar to Aries in some ways, but the difference is like, if you fuck with a Scorpio, just leave like leave town (laughs) like get out of there i mean aries can be pretty brutal too but aries will sit on it aries will wait like they'll get information about how you screwed them over and they will sit very quietly until it's the right time to nail you with it whereas a scorpio will just like come to your house and stab you or something which is a good segue to horror movies yeah we're gonna be uh giving you guys 31 horror movies to watch for the 31 days of October, even though it's already the 8th of October, and by the time you listen to it, it's probably going to be, uh, this... 10th? The 17th of October. Oh. No, 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 I don't know when they're gonna listen to this. Oh. You normally don't take that long. Yeah, you usually are quick. Yeah, no. I, like, legit, I'm all about dropping everything immediately. Yeah. And not waiting, because life is short. What if I die in between the edit and the No. Shoot? No. <laughs> that would be so sad. But that's why I never edit anything. Because I'm just like, huh. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Leah is like a big Halloween person, so I'll let her take the lead. I am totally. I love Halloween more than anything in the world. And I love horror movies. And I actually wanted to mention right off the bat because if you hate horror movies which I have a lot of friends that flat out they will not watch them like it's so funny I am so into them but I have a lot of people around me that are not at all so I wanted to give first like a couple of for my first like suggestion just like put a ton of titles in this like first one because I want to recommend movies that actually are not scary um but they're just kind of like Halloweeny or they have some kind of like you know spooky element to them so actually shout out to brendan o'brien you introduced me to this movie um monster squad i can't remember when it was now but we were just like 
sitting at your house in the middle of the day and we were like, let's watch a movie. And I had never heard of that before. And he was like, what? Like, this is your movie. How have you never heard of it? But it's what I call a pop culture blind spot. Oh, wow. And it's, uh, it's, it's just like this fun movie from the 80s about like all the monsters, you know, like the classic monsters like Dracula, the like werewolf, the mummy, Frankenstein and everything. And their zany adventures. Which reminds me of this one that I really have to recommend. If you ever are bored, look up um, TV specials, especially animated ones from the 70s, because just like everybody else, these people were high as hell the entire decade, and it really shows, and (laughs) they produced some really interesting stuff. Like, this special, it's called The Halloween That Almost Wasn't, and it's the same thing with, like, all the monsters. They all live in Transylvania in Dracula's castle, and Dracula's, like, the boss of all of them. And for some reason, the whole world has agreed that Halloween can't happen until the witch in the movie, who's, like, the witch of the world, flies across the moon. And one year, she's just like, I'm not flying across the moon because I don't think it's fair that Dracula gets all the attention, and he's, like, the superstar of Halloween, and the rest of us are awesome, too, and, like, we don't get any attention. And so she makes him agree to all this shit before she'll fly across the moon. And one of the things that she asks him to agree to, because it's the 70s, is that he has to go disco dancing with her. (laughs) And so the end of the special is them, like, turning into, like, basically John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. And just, like, dancing in this disco hall with, like, all the monsters. It's wild. And it's one of those things that was, like, produced for kids, but... All the stuff in the 70s that's for kids, trust me, is also for adults. It's so funny to watch, especially if you're under the influence. Um, Which brings me to another one that's really fun called Witch's Night Out. And um, this one is definitely 100% for kids. It's like 20 minutes. It's on YouTube. I think it came out in like 78. And the animation is so weird. It's like all the people are all the same color. So like including their skin, their clothes, like just the same color. Oh, wow. And it's really weird um, animation, and I'm not going to explain the plot, but basically, like, this this whole town, like, goes after this witch. They, like, hate her, and she feels like she's washed up, and she can't do magic anymore, and whatever. And so she ends up, like, doing magic, and they all love her. And the end of it is actually what my whole philosophy is about why I love Halloween, because even though I love the spookiness, and I'm super into supernatural stuff, and paranormal, and scary stuff, and, like, I, I love all of it. Um, she says, I can't remember the exact quote, but she says something like, you know, every day we all walk around as normal people and we live in our normal lives and then on Halloween we can do whatever we want and we can be whoever we want and I think that just really captured me as a kid because I, I love the alternative. Like, the fact that there's a day where, like, the crazier you look or the weirder you look or disgusting, like, bizarre scary weird like whatever it is like that's what's accepted and walking around in normal clothes is weird like that to me is like everything so (laughs) so I was like really happy that they celebrated that whole thing um and then the last one I didn't want to do obvious ones obviously there's like Hocus Pocus and Casper and Halloween Town and all of those so I'm trying to do like lesser known ones yeah and there's this one I grew up with called The Worst Witch, which has Feruza Balk. I think it's her first role. It's, like, around the same time that she did Return to Oz, which is another one I'm going to recommend because it's a super, super fucked up, weird-ass sequel to The Wizard of Oz. And it's, like, 
I wouldn't, I, I mean, I, it is genuinely scary. Like, I actually think it's too scary for some kids, because it's, like, really messed up. It opens with her, like, in a mental institution, because they think she's crazy for talking about how she went to Oz and everything, and she, oh, like, wow. breaks out of the institution <laughs> and goes to Oz. There's all these, like, very scary characters. So, um, that's a good one, but then around that same time, she did The Worst Witch, um, and it has her and, like, um, Charlotte Ray and Tim Curry, and if you're not going to watch the whole thing, just type into YouTube Tim Curry, The Worst Witch, because he plays, like, the king of the witches or whatever, I think he's, like, the grand wizard, and he does this entire musical number and performance, <laughs> like, if you love him or you just love, like, 80s pop culture, just watch this, because... It's this song about Halloween and the the special effects. It's not even 80s looking. It's like 70s looking. Like they did not I think they spent all their money on him and they couldn't get money for special effects because it's so funny and like just bizarre and stupid and amazing. So, so yeah, those are some picks for you guys that don't actually want to be scared. So those are like your honorable mentions. Yeah, kind so, of. So, like, hypothetically, I should give out my honorable mentions right now? Do you, would you like to? Yeah, sure. All right, go for it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there there were five films that uh, didn't make the cut, unfortunately, for my list. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you look so happy right but, now. I'm kind of wondering what's happening. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, one of them, number 20, is The Shining. It's just, like, classic. I felt, I felt like I didn't have to include it because it's just no, horror. No, I'd include like, it either. Because yeah. this isn't like top horror movies of all time list. We're just recommending 15... Faves. Fa- like good ones that we want you to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, I'm going to go with The Fly also. Ooh, I've never watched The Fly. Uh, it is very gross, so that's why <laughs> it is an honorable mention. Um, I really want to. I love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, no, the effects are super good. It's uh, David Cronenberg at his best. Uh, very uh, grotesque fly that makes you want to uh, get all the flies in your house out of your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Also, it just makes you be happy that we're human, I guess, um, as opposed to a different type of animal. Yeah, I heard a lot of people talking about this after last night with the fly on Mike Pence's head, so I'm hoping there's going to be some parodies of the Jeff Goldblum fly. I did not watch the debate. I have no idea what you're talking about, the fly, (laughs) and I'm... I'm glad that I'm outside of the fly world, whatever the fuck the fly world is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, okay, now, next up is, uh, it's a classic, uh, Human Centipede 3. Oh my god, ew, <laughs> I never saw any of them. Alright, so, Human <laughs> Centipede 3. Uh, this one is the worst out of all three, because it just goes off the rails. (laughs) They're straight up just in, like, a Nazi concentration, like, prison camp. Oh. Uh, yeah. Sorry to spoil it, but it's the third, uh, best out of the three, and if you haven't watched it, like, you had enough time, it's probably been out for five or six years now. Um, yeah, it, it is poetic in ways, but in other ways it is just vulgar. Very vulgar. 
Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, I probably won't tune in on that one. That's fine. <laughs> um, my number 17. The original human centipede. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... If 16 is part two, I can't. So, like, the original human centipede is just, like, uh, a very classic film. Like, I think people really should watch it just because you want to know, like, uh, a time capsule from that time. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it is definitely one of the scariest things of that time. Just, like, that concept. But also, it's kind of gross and also kind of weird and, yeah, odd. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a horrifying concept. But I guess I just... I haven't watched them because I guess I just feel that if you know the concept, it's like, okay, I got it. You know what I mean? Like, do I have to actually watch? Like, like oh, the concept, that, that hearing that scared me enough, I'm good. It very much just feels like a midnight movie at a festival. Right. A bad festival. Yeah. Um, like, if it didn't have a cult following, like, I don't think anybody would have seen it. Like, I think, I feel like Daniel Tosh, like, talked about it or some random ass comedian talked about it and then it just put it on the radar of people mm-hmm. um anyway yeah it's uh this one's probably the most uh well written script because it was like coming up with the idea of like what if there was the scientist in the woods who you stumbled upon and then he turned you and your friends and some random Asian guy <laughs> into a centipede it's kind of like tusk did you watch Tusk? I did watch Tusk. Yeah. It's not on my list or honorable mentions. But. It's not on my list either, but it's fucked up. I mean, I, I watched that one because I love Kevin Smith. Um, Jersey. Yes. Jersey. Mm-hmm. Pot. Pot Jersey. Weed. <laughs> weed Jersey. Fun fact, Kevin Smith did not start smoking weed until 2008. Wow. That is a very fun fact. Mm-hmm. I did not know that about I Kevin Smith. Is that him? He's here. Kev! You never know. He might come here one day. I mean, this is the kind of thing he would be into. Uh, yeah, I'm not really friends with him, so I don't know if I could. Not yet. I'm only friends with uh, Remy Malik and. Bradley (laughs) Bradley Cooper. Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Classic days of the movie cinema film. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, sorry. Last of my honorable mentions. Don't so apologize. that we can just get to the real, the real movies. Don't apologize. Uh, Human Centipede Two. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew this was happening. Uh, it's like The Godfather. Uh, the oh second is God. the best. The first is the second best, serviceable, and then the third is the worst. And they should have just stopped before it. I'm just like regretting our friendship. Um, no, 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 but, like, you have to understand, like, Human Centipede 2 is super scary because, uh, the whole premise is somebody watched Human Centipede and decided to do it. Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, so that's, that's why the first two are, like, actually good, and, like, I just jokingly put the third one on there. Right. I don't actually like the third one. Okay. Um. Hear that, folks? He doesn't actually like the third one. Kubrick is, like, pissed off that, like, I'm going back on saying that <laughs> he was last. Human Centipede Trilogy is better than The Shining. <laughs> well, this is not a ranking. At least mine is definitely not a ranking. No, mine's not either. Okay, okay. Uh, cool, so right. we're done with honorable mentions, and they're very honorable. Watch them if you want to never sleep again mm-hmm. and never look well, at uh, eating ass in the same way. I will never look at it the same way after today. Um, anyway. So. 
anyway, I actually forgot to mention this other one that is not for kids, but it is, like, it does have, like, weird, spooky-ish elements. Um, it's called Nothing But Trouble, and it's a movie with Chevy Chase, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, and they all play, like, multiple characters, and Demi Moore, and it's just, it's like a parody of Deliverance or Rocky Horror Picture Show where there's, like, this huge old mansion in the middle of nowhere and you know if you end up there you better count your blessings and pray and say all your Hail Marys because you're not going to come out but it's funny it's like so stupid have you seen it uh no if you are looking for like smart British comedy or something this is not for you but it's it, it totally captured my imagination as a kid and I still watch it from time to time there's a roller coaster in it called the Bone Stripper. So if that doesn't make oh, you tune wow. in, nothing will. And then to start off my list, this is not really an honorable mention. It is included, but it's a documentary. Do you have any documentaries on your list? Uh, um, I do not have any Halloween documentaries. I'm surprised. Horror you're kind of you're like on a documentary kick. I feel. Uh, I almost. Like, I was thinking about a documentary for our next podcast. Okay. Mm. So this, I watched, I was compelled to watch it after the reignition of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's called Horror Noir, and it's on Shudder exclusively. And it's just this really great movie about the history of black people in horror movies. And being white, I grew up loving horror movies and not really noticing that black people were relegated to these you know one-dimensional characters that get killed off first until I was older obviously when I was older I started realizing it but I think when you're a kid and you're white like you're just like oh yeah like like you know I was from like a town that was like mostly white so I was just like yeah this is like how it is um and then you realize that there's this whole history Mm -hmm. that like you don't know about and I know so much about horror movies and most of the horror movies on the list I had not seen mm-hmm. obviously a huge one in like having a black character is Night of the Living Dead and it's you know very much a commentary on so many things and horror is usually a commentary on what's going on during the time anyway but there's OMG this... that's on my list it is? yeah good <laughs> so there's this movie called Blackula very interesting and Jordan's going to Google right now <laughs> yes. uh, and there's a sequel to it and I mean there's just so many movies that I didn't know about and I didn't understand like it's only black people talking in the documentary which is awesome because it's always in any horror documentary it's always like white guys very few women very few minorities. Tony Todd is the only person that they will interview that's black, you know? And so this is all black people. You don't get, like, any other uh, racist perspective on it, which I loved. And it was just very, very enlightening and informative. So I really recommend it because you're going to have a lot of movies on your list after this that maybe you haven't seen. Wow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. How do you feel about Blackula? Did you look it up? Uh, I did not look it up. Oh. I haven't seen it. Maybe I'll look it up uh, later, though, and watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go for it. I will. Go. Yeah. No, I watch everything that's ever been recommended to me, ever. That's why I have uh, watched uh, a million movies, 
to make me credible to be on this podcast, movie, well, cinema, film. I would say that you do better with watching stuff that I recommend than most people. Oh, nice. Now I feel really good about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Do we want to get into our list? Yes. Cool. Um, Go. Uh, I'm just gonna go with uh, Get Out, which was definitely like the horror film that kind of got me into horror films in a lot of ways. Oh, I didn't know that. Cause like, yeah, I was never really into horror films, and then I saw that, and then I was just like, oh, maybe I should look into horror films, cause like Jordan Peele is like obviously very into horror films, and like he made a very interesting film, and I was like, wow, if he's interested in this, and like he's made something so great, then I should like look into horror films, and like I've kind of made it my goal to watch like a horror movie every day this month. Just so that, like, I get acquainted with the, uh, genre more. Like, I definitely saw, uh, horror films before Get Out, but, like, that was the first one where I was like, oh, I, like, like horror films and would watch a horror film, like, and pick it. Like, every other time it was like, oh, it's on TV, oh, somebody else wants to watch it, oh, it's just whatever's in theaters right now, you Mm -hmm. know? That is really interesting. I knew that you were into Get Out, but I didn't know that that was the catalyst of this new horror adventure that you're on. Well, definitely, yeah. It was definitely the start of, like, all of my horror journey. Like, I wouldn't say specifically this adventure, but, like, I definitely looked at horror differently and looked at it more as, like, oh, it's a psychological thing. Oh, it's, like, a cultural thing. And I think, like, before that, I often looked at it, like, with the gore, with the scares, which, like... I definitely need the scares more in my life, I think, now, because, like, I I think I'm definitely, like, desensitized a lot, Mm -hmm. just as a result of COVID, definitely as a result of, like, just being an adult and having to be, like, (laughs) weathered by the world, you know? Being an adult, the real horror. Like, you're gonna see on the list, like, not, like, human centipede stuff where it's, like, laughably crazy and, Mm -hmm. like, just over-the-top, like, insane, but, like, there are some movies that I put on my list where I was just, like yeah, like, this just creeped me the fuck out, and, like, I just needed that, because, like, I don't even see people, like, I just don't leave my, you know? Yeah. Like, the only people I see are through a screen, basically. (laughs) Well, Wes Craven, who created my favorite horror movie, Scream, which is not on my list, because it sounds like you're going more mainstream, which is good, because I... I'm not going to go mainstream for all of the picks. Okay. Um, I was like, I'm not going to do Scream, because everyone's seen it, but he said that the reason that people love horror movies is because people love experiencing terror without actual risk happening. You know, like, you know that you're in a theater and nothing's gonna happen. Oh, wow, now I feel like a racist asshole, like, because I, like, Get Out. No! (laughs) And it's like, oh, yeah, of course you, like, Get Out. Nothing would have happened to you. Wow, Leah, just putting that... (laughs) That was my plan all along. I just wanted you to feel terrible. Race beating, But, yeah, I really like that explanation of it because I feel like that's really true. It's the same thing with roller coasters, you know? Even though, yeah, something can go wrong most of the time, roller coasters are safe, and so you're kind of, like, pushed to the very brink of, like, how much you can feel without actually being in danger. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. So, let's see my list. Okay, so I'm going to do Shudder, which is a tie movie i think and it was actually shutter like like the camera shutter like tt tt it came out i think in the early 2000s and then they remade it 
maybe like 10 years ago with Joshua Jackson and unfortunately I saw that one first not that it was bad but I would have rather seen the original first which I now have watched it's actually on Netflix right now so I just watched it the other night and it's very strangely produced like I don't know how else to describe it you know obviously it's it's just it's just different and I don't know if I've ever seen a Thai horror movie before if I watch Asian horror it's usually Japanese but it's it's like too complicated to get into the whole plot which I don't want to do on every one of these movies anyway but basically like it's about a photographer and his girlfriend and they hit somebody in the road and then everything escalates from there and the end like the final reveal I don't want to build it up too much but it's wild like I remember the first time I saw it like when I saw the remake even though the remake is not considered as good as the original that final thing is the same it's like the exact same and I was just like blown away by it it's just a very good ending and the way that they build up to it I think is really good and yeah I recommend it nice mm -hmm. let me check it out yeah I'm going to try to check out all of these films because we still have half of the month. So right. I have enough days to watch all of Leah's recommendations. Pack them in. Watch three a day. Wow. That is really hardcore. <laughs> I would be staring at a screen so much. Now my other jobs require me to stare at screens. So oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to be so fatigued in my eyeballs. They're just going to fall out. That's how mine feel. I put a hot washcloth on my eyes like every few days. Oh wow. <laughs> There's just like two cuz my eyes are sensitive anyway, so I probably shouldn't be looking at screens so much, but I get my eyes checked a lot and they say that they're fine, they're not declining, so I hope it doesn't suddenly hit me when I'm 60 or something. I hope so too. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to be able to see, you know, at least up until I'm I don't know, at death's door, then I can go blind. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with one of my faves. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I'm just going to keep talking about it. Do cause, it. Because it's just like my cult fave. Yes. Uh, wounds. Uh, Ooh, wounds. The horror film. I don't know. Have you watched it yet? No, but I will. Uh, it's on Hulu. Uh, it stars Army Hammer and Zazie Beetz. Oh, uh, yeah, we just talked about this. Yeah, we literally just about. talked about it. Um, yeah, now that it's in season, it is more like a Halloween horror because it definitely has, like, a lot of, like, gross shit and, like, disgusting shit that happens in it. Um, along with New Orleans just being a very Halloween-y town, so I would watch anything that has New Orleans in it for Halloween or around that time because it's a very spooky place. Um, Absolutely, yeah. and if you're into, well... New Orleans is just a small part of it, but there's a new series on Netflix called Dark Tourism, or Dark Tourist, and it's by the director of that movie Tickled, the documentary. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not seen it yet, but I need to. Okay, I won't say anything else. It's fucked. Uh, and he goes around to different locations around the world and investigates people and things and places, like these tourist attractions that people go to that have a dark element or like a fucked up element so people that like love to go visit Chernobyl or they go to Columbine or they go oh, wow. to like Jeffrey Dahmer's birthplace or whatever just because they just need to feel like they need to be there and they just need to like experience it 
And there is one of the America episodes features um, people in New Orleans who believe that they're vampires. And so there's two, well, there's three different kinds of people that think they're vampires. So there's the one group that don't think they're vampires. They don't believe in vampires. They know they're human. They just, like, enjoy drinking blood. Um, And then, well, I guess there's two different types. Because then there's this other type of people that believe they are vampires. And this guy was claiming that the only way that he can feel good is by drinking blood. And so that's why he truly, he's like, I've seen doctors, like, I've, I've had all kinds of treatments, like, I don't feel good unless I drink blood. So, my personal opinion is that he is not a vampire, but I am very curious as to what exactly is going on psychologically, because he seemed to really believe this. I mean, he could have just been lying to be on TV or whatever, but I don't know. It was, I mean, they showed him actually, like, poking the, the like, this kid in the back. And when I say kid, he's, like, 19. It's not a child. (laughs) Um, But he volunteered to give his blood, and, like, he pokes him in the back and literally, like, sucks it out of his back. It was wild. So I'm really looking forward to watching the rest of that series. It's not on my list, but I just thought of it. Wow. So what is next on your list? What is next on my list? So Rebecca, the, I think it's 1936... I don't remember what year it is. It's a it's a 30s movie. I've not watched. It's one of the first Hitchcock movies. Oh. And it stars Joan Fontaine. And she moves into this huge estate called Manderley. And she moves in there because she just got married. Oh, it's 1940. She just got married and the man she's married to was previously married to a woman named Rebecca. And she still feels Rebecca's presence in the house. And it's kind of like, you don't really know what happened to Rebecca. And so her decor is still all over the mansion. And, you know, she thinks that she, like, hears her in another room or, like, feels her in another room. And she just gets, like, paranoid to the point where she's, like, going out of her mind. And it's so good. And it has, like, a crazy ending. And it's you can very much, like trace the rest of Hitchcock's career like starting with this one in my opinion it's just so haunting and I think it's honestly well I'm gonna mention another Hitchcock film in this list but I think it's I'll just do it now just do it now just spoil it yeah okay (laughs) calm down we love Hitchcock here we do so the other one on my list which rivals Rebecca for my favorite but I think Rebecca is my favorite because it's just so moody and haunting and mysterious but my other favorite Hitchcock is The Birds which I know is obviously such a classic like I feel like Rebecca I haven't watched it I need to watch really? it really? Oh, I, I, I haven't jealous. watched like any Hitchcock uh, what? I've watched uh, North by Northwest <gasps> Jordan get into it if you're, I'm so jealous they're, you're gonna have such a fun time going through all of these like they're so good but uh, The Birds, I actually just rewatched it a couple years ago. Obviously, it's one of those ones that's just been, like, done to death and talked about. And so when I rewatched it, I was like, you know why? I always hear about this movie, but I can't remember last time I watched it. I was probably, like, a little kid. I watched it, and holy shit, does that movie still hold up. And I didn't expect it would because it's like, okay, it's like birds. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, okay. Oh, why are you spoiled? I know, I know. I'm, I'm so horrible for doing that. But there are birds in it. And I'm not going to, like, explain the details of why it's so good, but just watch it because it's one of those classics that's, like, very tried and true where you turn it on and it it just is, I mean, I wasn't around when it came out, but I assume that 
it feels the same. Like, I was very captivated by it. So, Rebecca and the Birds, my favorite Hitchcock, tune in. Wow. Why do I keep saying tune in like I'm on ABC? Um, can I raise you a new animal? Yeah. The killing of a sacred deer. Ooh, good one. Yeah, no, this is definitely, like, just a disturbing film. And, like, it's just, like, perfectly the right amount of disturbing, I feel like. Like, it feels like nothing ever happens in this film. And yet so much happens. Yeah, like, nothing happens and everything happens. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I like that it, like, uh, deals a lot with, like, curses and, like, spirits of people and, like, Mm. people's ancestors following you, kind of. Um... Yeah, and just being good to people because, like, everything follows you. <laughs> it and does. Nobody gets away with anything. Yeah. In one way or the other. Um, yeah. Uh, I love Nicole Kidman in this. Yeah, no, she's great. Uh, Colin Farrell's great. And then uh, that kid. The kid. Just I don't the remember devil. his name either. Is it he's... Barry Keough? Is that, is that is Possibly. That is that I don't remember. I don't even know what your name is. You were so disturbing when you... Uh, you we lost you in the role. Like, you just completely sold yeah. it. Um, yeah. Do you want me to do another one? Or do you want... Because I did too? No, well, it's up to you. Go ahead, man. If you're, if you're free associating and you're ready to go. You got your list out. Um, I was born ready, but I'm still going to let it. you have this do one. Do it. No, it's all you. All right. So, I'm going to go with The Hunger... It's an 80s... It's not a to very, be confused with Hunger. Also great film. Right. Not to be confused with that. It's The Hunger. It's an 80s, very stylistic uh, vampire movie. And David Bowie is one of the stars. I mean, once again, do I have to say anything else? I feel like, why would I have to explain further? But it's just... Um, Susan Sarandon is in it, too. I think they actually ended up dating for, like, three years on and off after this. And it's just very cool like I don't know how to explain it but um like Bowie's whole storyline too and like how he ends up can't say but just it's just like a very sexy like um 80s but not in like the big hair like Michael Jackson kind of way like the sleek 80s you know what I mean like the Grace Jones 80s and uh I just don't want to give away any of the plot but it's just really really good and um it's even if you don't like vampire stuff because it's not like super like they don't go over the top with the vampire stuff it's like these people are just like high society like new york people and they're also vampires so can i possibly spoil your list yeah what do you mean is what we do in the shadows on your list no i haven't seen that what no i haven't seen it oh my god you have to watch that film that is like a magnificent film okay wow i've heard about i've heard it's really good like they made a tv show off of it so now oh, it's yeah, just yeah. going to exist too much, but... I'm just gonna put that on there. It's not on my list, though, guys, at home, so don't you go watch it, okay? Leah yeah. is the only person who has to watch it because she's never seen it, but also, it's not um, on our list. Way to try to spoil my list and totally fail. Oh, wow. I spoiled... You, you spoiled did. my spoiling. Oh, my God. We're a bunch of spoilers. <sighs> wow. We're... I feel like we're saving some people some fear by spoiling some things. <laughs> like, by us talking about it, now you guys won't be as scared, and you can just enjoy it for the work of cinema that it is. Well, I'm trying not to spoil stuff. I'm trying to give, like, just enough info that it's intriguing and not spoil it. Um, 
But yeah, you totally spoiled human centipede by talking about eating ass. Yes, this is also true. Yeah. Um, yeah, the biggest ass eating. Sorry, never mind. Um, <laughs> we've just, we've gone too far. Too far. Okay, um, I have been watching a uh, horror movie every night, so you're probably like, Jordan, what did you watch? Have you watched anything good? Okay, yeah, first one. All right, you ready, guys? Um, I watched Stepford Wives, the original. Ooh, I've never seen it. It was good. Um, very subtle. Um, Is that yeah. 60s? I can look it up, or we could just, like... Move on? No, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. 75. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I would say it is uh, definitely great. Uh, interesting concept. Uh... I feel like everybody should at least watch it once. Yeah. Um, maybe if you watch it multiple times also, there's probably Easter eggs. So maybe you should just watch it seven times, okay? Um, mm. Yeah, that's that's my rave review. But not uh, six times. Just, that's the devil's number. Yeah. Seven times. Five or seven, not six. Threes and sevens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, it was a very pleasurable film, as were a lot of the films that I've watched this week that are going to get onto this list. I honestly, I need, that's like a big one that I haven't seen. I'm going to put this down too. Uh, If you guys aren't like scary people, like this is definitely a less scary movie. Right. It's more creepy. Yes, very creepy. (laughs) Yeah. All right, my turn. Yeah. So mine... I, this is a remake. I didn't go with the original because I feel like the original is such a classic, but it's the 1999 version of House on Haunted Hill. Whoa. And House, the original one is such a classic. If you're maybe younger, I mean, I'm, I'm sure some people my age don't even know about this because, I don't know, but it stars Vincent Price, who is an iconic actor from the 40s, 50s, 60s. He was in a lot of horror movies and more like suspense, scary movies. And he also is the voice in Thriller at the end of the Michael Jackson song. Um, and it's directed by William Castle, who's like an iconic, groundbreaking horror director. And it's just, you're not going to find it really scary at this point because it's like 50s effects and everything. But it's still really, really good. I mean, if you're interested in the history of horror, it's definitely a must watch. But the. Oh, oh, the really cool thing about William Castle, though, is that he's one of the only directors in history to kind of manipulate movie theaters, so he had relationships with certain theaters, and he would, like, there's a very famous part in this movie where a skeleton hand reaches out and grabs a woman's shoulder, and at that moment, like, he would, like, they, they had, like, rigged skeletons up in the ceiling that no one saw, and then, like, they would, like, drop them down, or, you know, they would, like, have someone, like, touch your shoulder or something, so I just love that. He, like, I think that's so funny, because I can't, like, that, imagine, like, that actually happening in a theater. Like, that would scare the shit out of you. So, the remake. Horror fans might turn this podcast off, because I love this movie, but I don't get the hate for it. I always have been really intrigued by this movie, so they changed the house um, to an asylum, and I really hate, like, haunted asylum attractions and stuff. I think it's so disrespectful, but I think the way that this movie uses the whole asylum element is very creative and very actually scary, and so it's about this 
rich guy, his his last name is Price, it's like an homage to Vincent Price, and he invites a bunch of people to stay at the house on Haunted Hill, the old asylum, and he tells them, if you survive the night, I'll give you a million dollars. And so, it's a birthday party for his wife, who he has a very weird, contentious relationship with, and it's Jeffrey Rush playing him, so I feel like every time Jeffrey Rush is in a movie that maybe isn't, like, up to his, like, talent, he always, like, legitimizes it in this really awesome way, and he totally sells his character. I love him in this movie. And Famke Johnson plays his wife, and she's awesome. I feel like she's totally an underrated actress. She's one of those actresses I just feel like never really got that role that skyrocketed her, but she totally had the talent. And has. I mean, she still could have a really great role. Maybe I'm missing something, but they play this, like, weird-ass couple who hate each other. And so all these people show up to the house, and they don't even know the prices, but they're like, oh, at the at the very least, this is, like, weird and intriguing, and at the very most, I'll get a million dollars. So, like, what the fuck? I'm going to show up. And I think one of the reasons why people don't like it is because it's very 1999. Like, it's very, like, sleek and like stylized and not 90s like to me 90s is the like look and feel of 90s stuff is different from 1999 specifically like it's very much that and a lot of people don't like the special effects I love the special effects there's like I think they use such interesting horror setups and devices um I like I don't want to give any of them away at all because it's so cool because you just don't know what's behind every door every single scene is different you know what I mean like I love certain horror movies, but they do the same thing kind of over and over, and each person in this movie that dies, like, they die in different fucked up ways, and it's really cool. And then it also has, um, Chris Kattan plays the comic relief role, and I love him. He's so good in it. He actually gives such a good performance, because he's, like, the owner of the house, the person that, like, it was left to, and he knows that the house is actually, like, evil as shit. But he rents it out because apparently, like, if you just stay in this one, like, ballroom section of it, it's fine. Like, you just have to stay on, like, the top floor so that you're not in, like, the more haunted areas. Um, but then something really scary happens, and he totally changes. And he's, like, we're all gonna die. Like, you don't understand. He's, like, I lied. Like, my whole family died here. Like, he's, like, it's over. Like, we're not gonna get out. And, um, then he changes kind of, like, again because he, because he knows that they're not gonna get out. He just starts, like, drinking and I think when you manage to do good comic relief in a movie and it doesn't take away from the horror, I think that is so tricky. And they, to me, in my opinion, they definitely did it here. So give it a try. I mean, I don't know. There's this there's this one special effect toward the end. It's like this big cloud of smoke. And that's like the thing specifically people hate. I think it was a risk to do this CGI thing. Um, but if you pause it, like, it's such a deep, like, it's honestly very artistic. Like, the details in this cloud of smoke, yes, it looks fake, but it's just really cool. Like, it's obviously, like, they put so much detail in it. And if you think about, which I'm not going to spoil it, but what it actually is, that's, it's so terrifying. Like, if you were there and you actually saw it. So, I don't know. Give it a try. Tweet me. Let me know what you think. And, uh, Interactive. Yeah. Check it out. <clears throat> Nice. Um, cool. My, I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna do a couplet. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. One of uh, 
a horror director that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Eggers, is that the guy's name? Uh, yes, I do believe that's his name. Yeah, and he made The Lighthouse and The Witch. Oh, I love... Okay, no, sorry, you talk. No, you can talk. Say what I, you want. I, lo- I, re- I watched The Lighthouse in quarantine, which was, like, the perfect situation to watch it in, and I fucking loved it. Like, I like The Witch, but I loved The Lighthouse. Yeah. That is exactly how I would agree with it. Yeah. Like, The Witch is just, like, I like it as, like, a period piece, and, like, I like the performance of the lead. Uh, she's super good. Is that yeah. Anna Taylor-Joy? Is she? Anya? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's is Anna. That, is that her name? I don't know. Yes, yeah. yes. And she's, yeah. she's really good. Like, she has those huge eyes. Like, she's very expressive. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, I think it's always good that we talk about witches. I love witches. Yeah. um, Yeah, so that's why I brought it up. uh, Because Leah loves witches. I do. Um, Yeah. And then The Lighthouse is definitely more my taste because it's super psychological. Mm -hmm. uh, Shot basically like square almost. (laughs) Like, it's so like uh, not widescreen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it's just great performances from Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and it really just shows, like, what film can be, I think. Like, it's just, like, it works very well in a vacuum, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, like, wow, like, if I went to a theater and saw this, it's great, which I did, Um, but also, like, if you just catch it, like, late at night, it's really good. Watch Um, it in the dark. Do not watch it during the day. It's not really scary. It's just, it's weird and, like, haunting. No, but, like, it is kind of scary, and, like, there is, like, uh... The fact that it's, like, black and white also. Yeah. That just, like, makes you want to watch it, like, in altered settings of some sort. And they're both so good in it. Honestly, Robert Pattinson has, like, ascended to another level. I love him. It it only makes sense that the COVID came for him. Oh, my God. That was really upsetting. I can't... I mean, we need him. Well, he's been a part of two aspects of the collapse of the movie industry, right? Twilight? Well, no, Tenet. I was going to say Tenet <laughs> and the new Batman. Oh. Like, that That shut down. That was, like, the he's first major Tenet? shoot. I think he is. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's, like, a side character, I think. I don't. Oh. I didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Legit, that company, like, banking on Tenet... And then never releasing it in America, really, when they could have just released it in drive-ins for, like, the whole summer. It's just so fucking stupid. They didn't put it in drive-ins at all? Barely. Like, it wasn't at the Warwick drive-in. They advertised it, but then it... And then it never... They pulled it. Yeah. And it's like, why would they do that? It's like, like, why... Why do these experiences even exist? You know? Like, why, like, why make a big deal about Tenet if you're just gonna pull it out? You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, legit, like, American movie theaters are about to get scooped up by, like, some random investor, probably, and just all bought out, and then they're gonna control what movies get put into theaters, since, like, Regal just went out of business. Yeah. Um, not to be all sad, like... Well, Pat- shout out to Patrick Wilson, who, um, lives in Montclair and bought what, like, this, uh, the Upper Montclair Theater went out of business and he bought it. And uh, I think he planned to do something with it this year. I mean, I don't know exactly what he said, because, like, everyone in Montclair just, like, I don't know, passes his story down. But 
apparently he was gonna do something with it in 2020, like reopen it as a normal theater or have like events there or something or fundraise there because he's always like helping out the town and stuff. But now, uh, obviously with COVID, it's just been sitting there. So stay tuned. What will happen to the Bellevue Theater? I hope he doesn't sell it because I feel like he's very cool and he could probably do something really awesome with it. Um, also some free promo for the Montclair Film Festival. Yo. I got my pass. I'm gonna do virtual screenings because those motherfuckers sold out Nomadland so quickly. Uh. And that was the one reason I wanted to go to the festival. <laughs> Wait, when is it this year? Uh, it starts this weekend, I think. Or like Monday is when the festival starts. Wow. Like Sunday night is maybe the launch. I need to get on top of that. But it's all virtual, so you can just watch it whenever you want. It's yeah, perfect for you. but they're also having some outdoor shit, so I have to look up exactly what that is. The only outdoor shit that looks good is, like, Nomadland, and, like, I can't go to one night in Miami because I'm going to a family function. Family point. gets in the way of so many things. Yeah. God. Um, But, yeah, one night in Miami, that would be a, a good one to watch. Minari is streaming, but that is streaming. But you have to watch it on Tuesday night. Is One Night in Miami... Wait, no. Yeah. Which one mm-hmm. is that? That's, uh... Fuck, what is her name? What is her name? God damn, I can't remember her name, but she directed it, and okay. she's an actress, and she's a very great actress. I think Regina King. Did Regina King? Regina King is awesome. Is she directed, directed it? it? Wait, no. I love her as an actress. I haven't seen her directing. Is this her first one? Uh, yeah. Cool. I was right. Yeah, right on. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's some interesting films on the lineup. Uh, support your local film festivals if they're trying to chug on and they're putting up films that actually have mainstream actors in them. Like support them like it's the least you can do because like if they put up mainstream actors films then that means mainstream actors are probably more invested in the film festivals also mm-hmm. um and then that helps out the local films because there are a lot of like new jersey local films that are in the film festival i'll probably do an episode on here whether or not leah gets the pass uh but i'll do an episode with brendan if i have to about the montclair film <laughs> festival if we have to we'll also brendan. like we can always just scream it in the office. Like, we can literally just be doing no. the film festival from here and, like, have popcorn. I'm going to buy a pass, and we're going to have screenings here, and we're going to have popcorn, and it's going to be the best time ever, and I'm so excited. But I have to pee, so we're going to take a break. Cool. All right. Are we back? We are back. Um, we were just listening to... Uh, some terribly composed uh, <laughs> heart music that's going to probably end up being our theme song for I a movie like cinema film. Uh, because when you think of the cinema, what do you think of but harps? Honestly, it doesn't go with our podcast, but that's why I like it. Yes. <laughs> um, so thanks for, uh, for being here. Uh, you guys have all been so great. Um, You've been amazing. Good night. No, we have, like, ten more films, right? Yeah, I don't even know. I put, like, a lot on here, so I don't, I didn't count them. Do you want to just uh, go through them super quick and just be done? No. <laughs> no, we're, we're going to talk about them in their full entirety. 
and stare at the people dining on the street I as have, we talk. I have the full scripts of every movie, so I will be reading them. It's very cool to be able to see, like, to people watch from up here. I love this office. I'm so happy for you guys. This is awesome. Thank you. All right, whose turn is it? It's Is it my turn? Uh... I could throw one out there that I just watched. Go for it. I just watched Black Christmas. I've never seen either, like, the old one or the remake. Uh, I watched the original, and it was definitely creepy and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, it's definitely a classic for a reason. It's just, like, classic terrifying classic. at times. Uh, it's just a well-made film. Uh, they made sequels out of it. I don't know any of the sequels because I was just watching this because I'm behind on horror films and now I am almost caught up because I've watched five horror films. You're there. You're just in the home stretch. Yeah, I'm getting close, guys. I've almost watched every horror film that's ever existed ever. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your next one? My next one, I'm going to do a John Cusack double feature. Whoa, all right, a couplet. Uh, so he actually is in this new show that I need to watch on um, Amazon Prime because he's one of my all-time favorite actors. And so there's one movie here that's definitely a horror movie, and then the other one is more, like, suspense Um So the first one I'm going to talk about is 1408, which is in my top horror movies of all time, and I feel like it's underrated. It's a Stephen King story it's a short story i might have talked about it before on this podcast i can't remember but it's really cool it's uh it's about this guy who's not he doesn't believe in the paranormal but his job is he writes like cheesy books about you know top 25 most haunted places and so he doesn't even really uh like he doesn't believe in it and so he's just a fake basically and so he goes to this hotel to do one of these reports for his book and the uh, manager of the hotel is Samuel L. Jackson in this like you know this small supporting role and he uh, begs him not to stay in the room which is 1408 and he's like we can offer you any of our other rooms and he's like wow I I really love this show you're giving me here like honestly I am getting a little scared like good job dude like you know you're really building it up for me and he's like no like please do not stay in that room he's like I can't deny it to you if we have it available like there's some law in new york city or whatever but please like don't stay in there and he provides him with all these files of every single well not every single person but i think it's there's been 56 people that have died and then in that room and then other people have gone crazy and all that kind of stuff and so he gets up to the room and guess what this is a stephen king movie so it is haunted and the, the whole, the goal of the room is to just drive you so nuts that you do kill yourself, and it shows you things from your past, so it's specifically scary, tailored to you, not just general frights. And so you could really make a thousand of these movies, and each one would be different based on the person, like, based on the character, and John is so good in this it's almost entirely a one-man show oh wow and i mean i don't know how many different ways you could look scared in this small space but he manages it and it's i just i actually went to see it in the theater when it came out um 
like, I took all, like, I had my mom, like, bring us, like, multiple times, like, all my friends, each different, like, friend that I had, I would be, like, bring people, and we all <laughs> would go, like, multiple times. It's very, very, very good, and I actually wish they would make another one, like, maybe a series of, you know, if there's 56 deaths, like, I want to see some of the other ones, because it, it goes back to, like, the 30s or something like that, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's not just haunted with, like, whatever is causing this, it's now haunted by the other people that died in there because of the original fucking haunting. So it's very cool. Wow. And it's actually very sad, like, because there's there's things about his past that are not, it's not, like, just spooky. It's, like, actually heartbreaking. Like, there's scenes where he cries and stuff. Like, it's very, very good. It's not just about, like, frights. It's it's very deeply, like, haunting. So enjoy. And then the other one is Identity, which... Wait, what was that last one called? 1408. Uh, Identity is really cool. It's um, a ensemble piece. So it's John and then Ray Liotta's in it, Amanda Peet. Uh, what's that guy's name? Pruitt Taylor Vince. It's um, about these group of people that all end up at this... It's another hotel. It's like a motel, though. Um they all have like completely different lives they're completely different people but they all end up together and there's like a killer on the loose and um you know they're all like trying to make sure that they can get through the night and blah 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 and then the ending is crazy so i've always really enjoyed that one i think it's underrated but so is most of john cusack's career it's like just check out that guy's filmography because did you listen to his mark maron I listened to part of it. I um, when I was uh, cleaning yesterday, and I'm excited to listen to the rest of it. But I so far, like, I loved it because he doesn't really do that kind of stuff. And I'm like a lifetime fan of his, so it was really exciting to me that he because he did that one, and then he also did Sunday Sit Down. So I'm I'm excited to hear those. He's also a uh, socialist. I like I love him. Like, don't get me started. I love him since I was like really. Young. I think I said on the last podcast, like embarrassingly. I literally used to, like, stay up at night and think about him as if he was, like, my crush at school. Like, I was like, I love this man. Why is he, like, 40? You know, I mean, I don't even know how old I was, but, um... Being John Malkovich, the most formative right, film. Right, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, because that's one of the first movies of his that I saw, and I just, like... You know, even in that movie, he's supposed to play this, like, awkward, nerdy, like, he's, you know, obsessed with Maxine, and she won't even give him the time of day, and, you know, whatever. Like, he's not playing this, like, attractive guy, but I, whatever. Like, I just, like, loved his performance in that, like, loved the movie, and then from there, I literally, I've watched almost every single movie he's done, and he's done, like, 50 movies or something, and it's such a varied career, like, so interesting. If you haven't seen a lot of his movies, go check him out. John Cusack. If you're listening, Sponsor John, of this show. John He paid not, us zero dollars. Just goodwill and promise. He paid us zero dollars, but he's not married, which is a quality that I really value in people, uh, especially when I find them attractive. So call me. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, speaking of John Cusack, John dies at the end is my next oh, thing. Yeah, it's a very... in that, right? No, he's not that. <laughs> it's just called John Dies at the End. Gotcha. Uh, I read this book when I worked at the Albert Wisner Public Library. Um, Sweet. Which, uh, old wounds came up because uh, in the yearbook for my high school, 
the Albert Wisner Public Library took a picture of the seniors who worked at, like, all of the different jobs, and I was the only senior who worked at the library, and they didn't take a picture of me at the library. They took a picture of somebody else randomly who didn't even work at the library. What? Yeah. <laughs> and you want to hear something worse? They also took the drama club picture and the track picture when I wasn't there, I think, too. Yeah. So you're just not in the yearbook? I'm, like, I'm, like, erased. They erased the Jew from the yearbook. Oh, my God. I want to go Scandal. beat them up. And then the crazier thing was my college yearbook, which, like, people are, like, when I've told the story to them, they were, like, oh, like, I didn't even know there was college yearbooks. But uh, in my college yearbook, it literally had, like, the well wishes of both of my ex-girlfriend's parents right next to each other. And they're not alphabetically tied whatsoever. <laughs> they're not tied in any way whatsoever besides the fact that they're born within oh my God. the May window and they dated May. So I was like, is somebody fucking with me? Is there like somebody who edits the yearbook? Who's like trying to put this together and be like, haha, I know you, like hope your relationships fail. Oh <laughs> this like really took a turn. I wasn't expecting to go off on this. No, like, your yearbooks fucked me up. Yearbooks are weird. I I also have some weird yearbook stories, but we won't get into. That. Also, wasn't nominated for most comedic person, and I did stand up comedy. So right. now that was my chip on my shoulder. How I was like, well, now I need to be a good stand up comedian because like they didn't even nominate me. Like Evan Moore won, and he's funny, but Fuck like you, Evan. No, no, no. We like Evan Moore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but. I, I was more upset to not get nominated. Oh my god, that actually creeped me out. I don't know if you guys heard that. It's just the wind, but... It's the Italian flag oh blowing. When people say it's just the wind, is it ever just the wind, though? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm sorry about that. I now want to create, like, a yearbook and put you on the cover. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow, you should have been nominated. Feel so validated. No, okay, here, let's, this'll be fun. What we're gonna say? You know, like the people, the people who get nominated is like least likely to succeed or like most likely to be in Hollywood. Like they were all like nominated, like they all got into the yearbook. You know? Yeah. They just left me out of the yearbook. Okay. So there's not even a record that I existed. <laughs> I was in my yearbooks, but I was not nominated for anything. So what I think we should do now for each other is, like, what superlative would e would we have nominated each other for? I'll go first. I would. <laughs> I already figured it out. <laughs> I would nominate you for like best self-starter or like most ambitious or like most determined because you'll just like do shit and you're always thinking and even when everyone else is like relaxing or just like literally doing nothing or we're hanging out, you're like talking about how you're writing like seven new screenplays and you have like all this other stuff in the works and you're like editing a tv show and you're like filming a sketch the next day and you're just like on it so that's what i would have nominated you for i would have nominated you most likely to make it in hollywood pulls oh. off sunglasses <sighs> yeah. thank you i'm so flattered <laughs> Because you are an actress, and you're probably going to act in things in the future in Hollywood. 
I will keep acting. Whenever we're allowed to fly across country. Oh my gosh, I was this close to getting a TV show um, that shot yesterday. I was like in the last, like the casting director even, we and her were like texting, and I didn't find out that I didn't get it until 9 a.m. on the morning of the shoot, because it was like one of those late afternoon overnight shoots, uh. and I was so fucking excited, and I did not get it, and honestly, it sucks, but I was happy to even like have that situation happening because my life before COVID was so full of rejection and I actually miss it because at least I was like out in the world and I was like talking <laughs> to casting directors and doing shit so it was horrible and great at the same time yeah I miss people being assholes to me oh my god I wish there were people around to be an asshole to me you know what I miss it's I... just like my friends and family that I just don't want to be in fights with <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't get to do this summer that I've done every summer since I can remember is go to an audition, okay, or even, like, have, like, maybe a fitting earlier in the day in one part of Manhattan and then have to go to an audition in another part of the city and bringing a backpack with a second outfit and a brush and perfume and all that shit because I would get so sweaty running around the city and doing all the things you have to do and like being nervous and practicing and all of that that I would need a second outfit and I would need to like freshen up and uh yeah I miss that struggle I really do same yeah I, I was like getting so into open mics and in New Jersey which like Obviously, I like shows more, but, like, in New Jersey, there aren't just, like, random people going to, like, comedy shows on a Tuesday night. There's not, like, random people on a Wednesday night. So, like, to start finding places in New Jersey that, like, there were enough people in the crowd that you were like, oh, wow, this is great, mm-hmm. um, was very tough. I guess, like, more Rockland has a lot of, like, rotten mics. I guess Jersey doesn't have terrible mics. Yeah. Um... And then there are, there are some cool shows, also. Yeah, I, I feel like I was, because I'm SAG eligible now, and I feel like right before the pandemic hit, I was, like, on it. Like, I would push myself so hard. There would be days where I was, like, do I because I've been doing a million different things for, like, the past three years. And I, I just would be, like, I, like, I'd wake up in the morning some days, and I would already be so tired, and I would already be, like, I'm just like, oh, I can't do this day. Like, I can't do it. And then I would just, like, no matter what, like, I would always do it. And I would make sure I, like, met with all the casting directors I could and, like, auditioned for everything I could. And, like, I was really, like, felt like I was starting to get, like, a relationship with them, which everybody says that's what you should be shooting for, like, not even getting parts. Like, you should be shooting for, like, developing relationships with all the casting directors wherever you are. Like, I was in New York. And, uh... And finally, I feel like they were taking me seriously because I was SAG eligible and I had done, like, I had, like, a couple, like, TV shows. I just did, like, a movie. So I was like, oh, man, this is the year, you know? And I know so many people feel that way. Like, I was seeing that on Twitter all the time. Like, oh, I feel like I was just getting, you know? But, um, yeah. <laughs> what can you say? What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, watching a motivational video uh, that stumbled onto my uh, news feed. Okay. Um... No, well, it was actually for something else, but I can't talk about what it was for, so I'm just going to say it here in this context. Okay. Uh, so I have to be a little cryptic. Uh, but basically, the people at the beginning of this video were just like, yeah, 2020 is going to be your year. Like, everything is going to go great for you. Like, I just have a great feeling about it that nothing is going to stop us. Like, whatever you do is going to work out. And, like, it is interesting because, like, I do feel like there's, like, 
there are a lot of people who are like, I feel like if you have a young family, like you're fucked during this time, and this is like the most stressful time of your life. But like people who are our age, like I think it's a very mixed bag because like I think there are a lot of people who like were just very overwhelmed in their lives, would work better remotely anyway, mm-hmm. uh, like needed changes in their lives, and I think there's like a lot of people who have like kind of made big changes just jump started yeah I hope I feel like I'm hearing a lot of oh you know before the pandemic I was this and that and I needed to slow down and I I needed this time of self-reflection and I do feel like I needed the self-reflection because I actually ended up facing a lot of trauma that I had had the past few years that I wasn't dealing with and so that's been a good positive thing for me But all in all, like, it didn't teach me that I need to slow down. It taught me that I love my fast-paced lifestyle (laughs) and that (laughs) I can't wait until I can, like, do everything full out again. And that's just as valuable a lesson as the very zen, like, ooh, I'm going to slow down more and all that kind of stuff because I don't want to slow down. In fact, when this is all over, which who knows what that even means, but I I better rest now because, girl, you're not going to see me. I'm just going to be that, like that cartoon like dust that flies when someone runs out of the roof <laughs> like the road runner yeah that's all you're gonna see i'm gonna be like bam yeah i hope it like ends in the next year and a half like i'd hate to lose like three of the best years of our lives oh <laughs> or four of the best years of our lives like i guess dying is the worst thing and then you just lose all of your years of your life but yeah this well, also sucks to a certain extent, but, like, it just, it needs to be done. That's what's so annoying about it, is, like, people try to insist that, like, we can't get by without, like, isolating a little bit and, like, keeping people apart and, like, wearing masks and shit like that. I don't know. I think just, like, the denial that, like, we could fix it, but, like, I think too many people, like, like the concept of, like, oh, like, I could just stay home whenever I want. I'm just gonna, like, not wear a mask, and if I get it, I get it, and then I'm, like, we're just gonna live in this weird world where, like, everything's shut down, my life's kind of easier, I just get to play video games all the time. Like, <laughs> Too many people are in that, if I get it, I get it mindset, and I'm like, yo, I don't care if I'm young, I don't want to have lung problems forever. Like, I think what you're gonna see, and this is, I hope this isn't true, I'm obviously not a fucking doctor, but I think what you're gonna see is, like, people who got COVID that are in their 20s and, like, recovered... What if in 10 years they die of some kind of lung disorder because they catch something else and their lungs are weakened or whatever? Like, I am not, if I get it, I get it. Like, I'm trying to be safe. And by the way, I got a request today from a mom, and she was like, because we're not doing indoor appearances right now, we're doing only outdoor. And if we do indoor, it's going to be like, this is for your child only or your household only, and, like, you have to wear masks and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to be doing, like, parties indoors. And this mom was like, we're doing it indoors, but don't worry, like, I'm limiting the guest list. It's only going to be, like, 50 people or less. And I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I was like, your child just has to have a 50-person birthday party. Your child will just be traumatized for the rest of their lives. They'll become a serial killer. They will not be able to get by without a 50 person party i hate you like you are the problem like please you only turn four once oh my god you know what you're right i'm being insensitive 
I just can't imagine that. And then after that, they start educating you, and you stop believing that these are actually Santa. princesses coming, because then all of a sudden, once you get to school, you're just like, oh, this is like a book. This is different than... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then on the other hand, I had a mom also send me a request today that was like, uh, I'm only having like one or two of my daughter's friends over, and I would require that the character wear a mask. She's the first person that asked us to wear masks. Most people say, like, whoa, that kind of ruins the costume and all that kind of stuff. Like, usually they don't. And we don't wear them because we're outdoors and we stay, like, apart from everybody. Like, we do the performance from, like, six feet away um, or at least, like, a few feet. Like, we try to, you know, stay away. Um, and we only put the mask on if, like, they're not following the rules and stuff. But I was impressed that, like, a mom was like, no, like, you have to wear a mask. I was like... Thank you. Like, someone else who actually is acknowledging what's happening. So, anyway, that's the horror movie of 2020 that we're we're not recommending it. Awesome. Awesome. I'm gonna, Next I'm gonna, movie. I'm going to do a TBT uh, to cool. earlier when I talked about Jordan Peele. I'm just going to talk about Us again. Yeah. Oh. I liked Us. We um, did an Us episode, didn't we? Yeah, I feel like people kind of sh- shat on Us a little bit and kind of, like, like it. let it go. Yeah, some people don't like it, but uh, I'm just going to talk about it and take up space because I just think it needs to be talked about a little bit because uh, it just kind of came and went. And it is Halloween, <laughs> and if you guys are going to celebrate Halloween without <laughs> creepy doubles of yourself, you are a loser. No offense, Leah, who would prefer creepy doubles in different forms from different movies. I will say that the opening sequence I love, that's pretty much it, but I think the opening sequence is, like, amazing. All right. We're moving along. Oh, I thought you wanted to talk about it more. You're good? Uh, we've talked, we've done episodes on it. Tune in to the Us episode recorded, uh, last March or April. Featuring Brendan O'Brien. I just want it on the record that I think it's going to get better with age. Like, I think people will look back and just be like, yeah, like, I'll watch that every time it's on TV. Well, hopefully it'll be, like, not too edited. I mean, I'm not a fan of the movie, really, but I still don't want it to be, like, sanitized. Wow, slander. Um, all right. (laughs) My turn? Yeah, I'm basically done. I have, like, three more movies, maybe. Okay. I have, um... 65. Yeah. You guys are gonna have to stay for a three-hour Joe Rogan-length episode of Movie Cinema Film. Oh my gosh. So, um, the one I'm gonna recommend, it's called Cigarette Burns. I think I've talked about it before, I don't remember. I talk about, I tell everybody about this because it's actually not really a movie. I think it's like 70 or 60 minutes. It's, um, by John Carpenter. And it was part of the Masters of Horror Showtime series. Mm which was on, oh my god, um, I think like 2005, 2006. And there's some people on there that are not really like masters of horror, they're just kind of like horror directors, but John Carpenter obviously is absolutely a master of horror. And I really enjoyed this episode. It stars Norman Reedus, and the, it, it's very mysterious. There's this movie, it's like a French film, uh, called L'Absolute de Monde. Don't know if I had a good accent there, probably not, but it um, translates to the absolute end of the world, and it's, like, this very mysterious movie that when it was screened in Paris, like, years ago at some film festival, everybody in the audience went insane from watching it. Like, there was something so horrible and so terrifying 
that everybody just lost their minds and they stabbed themselves in the eyes. They killed each other. They killed themselves. They set the place on fire. Like, something was so awful. And so the whole hour, you're like, what could possibly be so terrifying and bewitching that you would do something like that? And uh, Norman plays this guy who finds rare prints of movies. And so um, this rich guy hires him to find this a print of the movie and it kind of takes him on this crazy journey around um, the city and he gets into all kinds of shit because this is a very sought after film and people will like you know they, they just like are so um, tantalized by the idea they're like I have to see this movie like what is it that was so bad <laughs> and then also they're kind of nervous right because they're like well what if the same thing happens to me like what if there's you know I mean it could be it could be anything it could be like some strobe effect or something that's never been done before that makes people like lose their shit right like you don't know what it is and then I think the reveal of what it actually is is very cool and very interesting. Uh, and yeah, it's just one of those lesser known things. I would recommend Masters of Horror in general. There are some episodes that are just awful. But I think if you watch all of them, it's just kind of like... It's on Showtime? It, it's not on Showtime. Like, it was on Showtime back in the day, but it's not on the app now. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know why they don't have the rights to it or whatever. Um, but I I loved it. The other one I love, it's not as good. It's um it's the fair haired child, which is like this very weird very weird thing. But I'm not gonna get into it. But that was probably the other episode I enjoyed the most. And then there's a bunch of horrible ones and a bunch of ones that are just okay, but I think C- cigarette burns is really good. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um my next film is a classic that I just watched for the first time. Ooh. Uh, and I watched it during the daytime, and I feel like it was perfect, because it is kind of like daytime horror, a lot of it. Um, I guess I could do a daytime horror couplet. Okay, go for it. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is fucking (laughs) awesome, and still holds up. Yeah, no, it's just super, uh, gnarly, scary, uh, the characters are just very, like, deranged, and, like, a lot of, like... A lot of, like, the body stuff you just don't expect, and I think that's what's great about it. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, it's gross, but, like, it's very, like, unique and original gross at times. And, like, they definitely, like, use their very small budget to do, like, very miraculous things and very wild things. Um, yeah, and it just also feels like a cultural, like, time period, you mm-hmm. know? Like, it. when did it come out? Seventy. Uh, 74- yeah, 74. So, like, it just very much feels like Americana. Uh, obviously, Texas. Uh, yeah, in general, very cool. Um, and then my other daylight film is Midsommar. Oh, you love that one. I do like you that always film bring a it lot. Up. Yeah. yeah. Dude, have I brought it up way too many times. Now I feel like a loser. I feel is- like I'm in, an a- in the A24 Facebook group, and I'm just a loser talking about... <laughs> Midsummer, like every day. You're one of the people that bought those eighty dollars sweatshirts. I I like was very tempted to buy I some overpriced A twenty four shirt. Yeah, I didn't end up <laughs> buying it, but eighty was a little out of my price range. But. I was very tempted to buy tempted to buy one of the books. But, yeah. like, I saw people showing prints of them, and they have, like, fucked up binding on some of the pictures that they go over, like, both pages. So, like, I'm glad that I didn't get that print. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They have very cool books, though. Definitely uh, shop A24. 
because uh, we want them to survive through all yes, this. Please. If they die, we're fucked. We're so fucked. What are we going to do? Just watch Neon? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the shade. I actually want to say that I just looked up what you can watch Masters of Horror on, and it's on Amazon Prime with ads, which is weird. It's also on Tubi, which also probably has ads, but it's a free app, so... If you want to check one or two episodes out, there are some... I'm watching all of them. It's Halloween month. Yes, go for it. Uh, there are some other masters, like there's Dario Argento and Takashi Miki, and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of masters, and then there's some that, you know, maybe aren't masters. We'll just put that out there. All right, so I have another turn here. I oh, yeah. I have no idea how many I've done. Home stretch. So just stop me at some point. Um, okay, this is the I'm gonna do this very interesting uh, twist. I'm not gonna talk about the original first movie. I'm certainly not gonna talk about the shit fest that is the sequel, but I am gonna talk about The Exorcist Part Three. Whoa. Have you seen it? No. All right. So obviously, The Exorcist is so fucking great, and if you haven't seen that turn this podcast off um it's still i mean i watched it do i have to turn off the recording device because i haven't seen it you haven't seen the original wait you haven't seen the exorcist i haven't seen shit oh my god that's what i was saying i haven't watched anything ever in my life i've never watched any movies i'm so jealous you're gonna experience oh my gosh wow i actually can i watch it with you yeah I really want to watch it with you. Like, I feel like I've never sat with someone where they watch The Exorcist for the first time. <laughs> I really want to. Um, so we need to set... We'll, we'll set that up. We'll set um, it up. So, I'm not going to get into The Exorcist, but, like, just very quickly, the reason why I love that movie is because it's, like, two solid hours. It's very long. It's not your typical horror movie. And it's more of, like, a drama. Like, it's set up like a drama. Um, and the director just does an awesome job of seamlessly entering in this insane plot line of this girl becoming possessed as if it's just another element of this dramatic film and it's so good i mean it, it really is like it, it's it's nuts um so then the sequel is this like complete mess that goes off the rails it's very weird it's it has no um, correlation with the first one really except that it has Linda Blair in it and it's like this just super super strange bad movie but then the third one is based on the book that the original because um, the, the Exorcist was a book that they adapted into a movie and the author of the book wrote this other book like a sequel and that's what the Exorcist 3 is based on and it doesn't have Reagan that's um, the little girl played by Linda Blair it doesn't have her in it and it's this blend of like a um, murder mystery so there's like a non-supernatural element going on and then there's the supernatural element of like the continued like are demons real like is somebody can somebody actually get possessed like is this person actually possessed and so these stories are like running parallel through the whole movie and the way that they intersect is so good and there's this amazing scene with this guy in a jail cell I won't describe what's happening to him but the acting blew my mind and I need to watch it again actually because I think I watched it like two years ago now and that's the only time I saw it so I really want to rewatch it because there's so much in there like it's like very juicy so enjoy that awesome I wouldn't even if you're gonna watch The Exorcist which you are because I'm gonna make you and be there during it I'm about to go into three or four days of like 
My, my Monday to Thursday are just so busy, and I have no time to watch shit, and now I'm going into my three days of, like, having actual time to watch shit. I'm so excited. So, I you don't even have to watch Exorcist 2. Like, it's not necessary to for the continuing story at all. It's like, it's like an anomaly. Like, it's just not... It doesn't have anything to do with the first well, one. Well, I have to watch it, because it's in order, and I uh, believe in the cinema. Do you, are, do you really? I'm just telling you to say uh, No, time. I did watch Wayne's World 2 before Wayne's World 1. Oh. Well, Wayne's World is, like, my favorite comedy of all time, so... Whoa. I, it I, is a classic. I, I love, love it. it. Um, but, yeah, so you don't... For the audience out there, you don't have to watch the second one because it doesn't have anything to do with the first or the third, really. It's, like, this weird-ass movie. Um, if you're going to watch it, watch it more for just, like, the spectacle of, like, what the fuck happened, but it's not necessary. So if you want to save some time, <laughs> you don't have to watch the second one, but the first one... I mean, the third one's not as good as the first one because the original Exorcist is just, you know, it's the fucking Exorcist. Um, and by the way, shout out to Steve Boone because I talked to him about it. He saw The Exorcist back in the 70s. Shout out Steve Boone. <laughs> and we talked about it one night. I was like, oh my god, like what was that like? Because I actually have a horror themed gift to give Steve Boone. Really? Oh my uh, god. From Secret Santa. I haven't seen Steve Boone since Secret Santa oh, because of COVID. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you know, you might know the story, you might not, but when this movie came out, it was completely unprecedented, like, shit like this was not in movies, so people literally, like, left the theater screaming, um, they passed out, people were sobbing, people were, like, completely devastated, especially because, you know, back then, I mean, not that people aren't religious now, but, you know, it was a little different, like, back then, it was, like, this was very, like, oh my god, like, they're showing, like, the Antichrist in a movie, like, how dare they, and people, like, what do you think is jarring now? Do you think there's anything that could be jarring now? And, like, it's so scary that, like, if we saw it in a film, it would be terrifying? The thing is, there are, like, conservative groups are always, like, trying to ban shit and coming out and, you know, um, like, Cardi B just posted a picture the other day of herself in, like, a devil costume, and people are trying to ban her music now, and I'm like, it's October. Like, I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's not like she posted this on Easter, you know what I'm saying? And by the way, even if she did, it's a fucking costume. Yeah. She's not claiming to be, like, whatever, but, um, I don't know. What is shocking now in a horror film? Um, I feel like, I think that, I think that kids getting killed in horror films used to be shocking to me. I don't like it. Um, there's, like, like, when... Wow, spoiler. <laughs> How'd you know I have heredity on my, hereditary on my list? Oh my gosh. Well, that was shocking. Like, I think what's shocking is good writing. <laughs> and, like, it's hard to have an original idea these days, but yeah. if you're able to write your screenplay in a certain way that builds things in a manner that is productive to create suspense and mystery, and then when it cli when you have the climax, it's like, the perfect amount of satisfying without being like over the top or too much um i think that's probably but as far as like what is too vulgar like what is so out there i really don't know mm. what do you think uh the screenplay i'm writing right now <laughs> no <laughs> see that's what i'm talking about you're you always every single no. time there well there's there's like stuff that like you could do to like appall people that would like definitely go too far you yeah. know, like if you wanted to like appall people, I feel like you would just make a film that's just like a bunch of sexual violence, and then that's just like terrifying, and people would walk out of the theater and vomit and shit like that. Yeah. So like, there are definitely things I think that are terrifying. 
Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think any kind of real violence, like, if you actually hurt somebody, like a, like, a snuff film or whatever, obviously that would never be in, like, a mainstream movie or anything, but, um, or, like, I know in, um, what's the movie, Cannibal Holocaust, like, they did kill real animals and everything in that movie, I think if somebody did that today, obviously it would be, like, it would be, like, ten times more shocking because today there's all these regulations and yeah. groups and shit, so, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, like... If, if somebody just made, like, a Guantanamo Bay, like, horror film from the perspective of, like, a prisoner in Guantanamo Bay who's, like, not supposed to be there, I feel like that would be the most horrible horror film, for sure. Is that what your screenplay is about? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm like, are you pitching it? No, what? that would be so bad if me, a white man, was just like, you know what, I'm gonna make this, like, terror film of how we tortured all of these terrorists who we didn't even put them on trial we just tried to steal information from them and rip their fingernails out and waterboarded them and did a bunch of crazy oh, shit and then oh that's what gave i gave people oscars for no <laughs> for war movies that's one thing i always close my eyes with horror movies like i've seen insane stuff but i always close my eyes when something starts happening with fingernails mm. i hate that that really makes me mm, that makes yeah. me squirm i don't like it <laughs> You know, I've seen people, like, get stabbed in the eye, and I'm like, whatever, you know, next scene, but that fingernails is not okay. Yeah, that is kind of a scary thing. Yeah. I've lost a fingernail, but I've never had one ripped out. Thank God. Jesus Christ. I hope we don't turn into Nazi Germany. Well. Uh, yeah. Is it your turn? I hope turn? that's not an option. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go. I don't even know if I have any left. What? Okay, I'm gonna go with my uh, foreign pick. Nice. Train I started with a foreign, and you're ending with a foreign. Train to Busan. Oh, I haven't watched it. Very good zombie flick. Oh, I haven't even. Have I talked about any? I mean, I guess I talked about Night of the Living Dead, but not as one of my picks. We haven't had many zombie. I know. That's why I brought it up because I knew at this point in the evening. Uh, we would need a zombie film Thank because you, we sir. are turning into zombies from talking so long. This isn't as long as a lot of episodes. Honestly, we're fine. We can talk for three more hours. It's like not a big deal. Oh yeah, totally, totally, bruh. Sorry. That's Continue. okay. No, I'm. I'm just I'm, having a moment. I'm just wheeling around in a chair, just like spazzing. <laughs> it's your no. I understand because you and I are the same sign. Yes. So, talk to me about this movie. Which one? Train to Busan. Oh, it's just a great zombie film. If you haven't watched it, you should just watch it. Everybody has to watch it. Um, yeah, it's just a classic film. Uh, a new classic. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really want to say a lot about it. It's just good zombies. I don't really like zombie stuff very often. Like, Night of the Living Dead is, like, one end of the spectrum, and then... Uh, Train to Busan is, like, other end of the spectrum of, like, what I would tolerate. And, like, they have to be at, like, either end of the spectrum. Like, either it needs to be so cheesy that it's like, oh, okay, like, this is an event. Or it needs to be, like, this is so real that, like, it's like if zombies came back and got infected and, like, if COVID turned people into zombies and then they attacked everybody and ate their faces, like... 
I think that's a def- definitely a different style of zombies. And I never got into Walking Dead for some reason. You're not missing I was stubborn against it, yeah. Anything. I watched, I think, the first three seasons, and I never thought it was that good to begin with. I think the first season's good, but I stopped watching because it got so bad and just meaningless and, like, enough. Like, enough. We're done. And yet it's still going. But I'm going to write this. Every time I say I'm writing something down, I'm just typing it You know why phone. it's going. The Atlanta conspiracy. What is that? They only renew shows that are made in Atlanta. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay, it's my turn. Yeah. So, I have like three more. I mean, I have more than that. I could go forever, but... Um, okay, maybe I'll raise you. Yeah, raise me. Raise me. Um, okay, so... Possession from 1980. Have you seen it? It is a fucking wild... Wait, let me type it in because I have to get the actress's name right. Oh, 1981, not not 1980. Oh my gosh, you freaking liar. (laughs) (laughs) This this is where the fact checkers come in. (laughs) Isabel Adjani is... Abel. So good. Sam Neill plays her husband, okay? And she tells him that she's having an affair, and she leaves him and their son. And he's, like, just beyond, like, heartbroken over it. And, um, he tries to, like, find the guy, um, like, who's her new man, and, and it's like this... I, I don't even want to say, like, I don't want to give anything away, but, like, there's a very famous scene of her, like, losing her mind in this, um, and it's a horror classic scene, like, it's so good. Classic! And she is so amazing in it, and you don't know, like, it's, is she possessed, like, what's going on, and it's just kind of, like, it's one of those movies that's, like, like, the Babadook that's, like, a horror movie, but it's, like, about something else, so this is kind of, like the pain of family separations and divorce and, like, how is that manifesting and stuff. Not that it's not literally supernatural. I'm not saying that, but you'll see if you watch it. So good. Is it supernatural or is it supernatural? Oh, it's super... It's all organic. Nice. Yeah. Vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. My next recommendation is Leah's recommendation. What? You could go again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. Sorry, our humor gets weird when you get into the late hours of the podcast. We like, yeah. <laughs> okay, the, my movie, it's a foreign film. It's a Dutch film, actually. Probably the, maybe the only Dutch film I've ever seen. It's called The Vanishing in English, um, but in in um, the Dutch name for it is Sporlus. Sporlus. Which literally translates to Traceless. And I don't know the actress's name, but it stars this woman who's so captivating. Like, I don't... Maybe she had um, a successful career overseas. I don't think she had that successful career here. But I don't know. It's just one of those actresses that you see that you've never seen before, and you're like, wow. Like, she's... There's something there, you know? And so it's about her and her husband are... I think they're on their honeymoon, or they're on, like, a romantic trip together. And she vanishes. She goes missing, and she's assumed dead, and then, like, years pass, and he's still obsessed. Like, he's just like, what happened? Like, she was there one second. How could someone have taken her, or where did she go, or, like, what happened? And it's just, the way it unfolds is really interesting. 
And if this is kind of a hard movie to get a hold of, like I watched a version online that was kind of like not even that good of quality, but I heard such good things about it that I had to watch it anyway. Mm. And even with like the lesser quality, it was so worth it and so good. And it's fucking haunting as hell. It is so sinister and like, it's like mean and nasty. Like it's one of those scary movies. I mean, it's not really a horror movie. It's more of like a suspense, but it gets so dark that you're just like, ugh. Like it's actually heartbreaking and just... It's really, like, it's just really dark, so enjoy that. Wow. I recommend it, though. Like, if you like these kind of, if you even, if you, even if you're not that it's horror, you just like suspense and mystery, like, because it's like, what the fuck happened to her, you know? And then you find out. Maybe. Or maybe you don't. Um, I'll throw uh, a random one in the mix. Go for uh, it. With COVID. Uh... We have uh, very limited resources. Why don't you make a uh, movie on your iPhone, Unsane? Oh my gosh, I haven't seen that. There's so, see, there you're saying you haven't seen a lot of horror movies, but I haven't seen a lot of the ones that you've seen. I watch psychological horror movies. You watch more like I feel like you watch more magic based. No, or like spirit, like spirit based. Well, yeah, I like supernatural stuff, but I, I also love yeah. just like mysteries. Like, I'm always looking for a good mystery, and I can't fucking find it. So if there's a really good mystery, please... Like, I want to watch a movie where, like, the whole time I genuinely don't know, like, what it actually is, and then at the end I'm like, huh? Is Unsane like that? No. Nah. I just threw it out there because I haven't watched a lot of horror films, so I'm just naming the 20 horror films that I've ever watched, and now I've never <laughs> watched any more horror films. Well, what is that about? Ones. Uh, it's a mental institution of some sort. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Jay Farrow is really good in it. As oh, a I side really, character. I like him. He's, yeah. he's in my favorite. That was like a notable time. surprise of the film is that Jay Farrow is in it. <laughs> that, that was the best horror surprise. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, no, I'm not like very passionate about horror. I think like. Horror- I'm me either, me either. Wait, but you are. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, my, my thing with horror is definitely, like, I I don't like I don't like to get hyped up for horror. I just like to show up and just be like, okay, scare me. You know? Like, I, I don't yeah. like to be like, what's going what's to happen? How are they going to scare me? What's going to happen? Like, I feel like if I catch a horror film randomly or, like, if I am looking through Netflix and, like, I stumble upon something and I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. Like, it's usually better than... Uh, a film that has been talked about a lot. I think I I just love like what I've talked about several times here where you're just like, what is it? Like you're like, what happened? Like what like what is the thing that I'm gonna hear that's gonna shock me or what is it the thing that I'm gonna see that I'm just gonna be so horrified by like it's just I think because in horror, because there are magical elements and even if it's not magical, even if it's like a straightforward, you know, murder mystery or something like that, you know that you're still going to see things that are out of the ordinary. And it's like, how are they going to frame this that's going to be different from the 1,000 horror movies I've seen before? Is it just going to be like all the movies I've seen before or did they actually come up with something creative and interesting that I haven't seen before? And honey, I have seen it all. So when I do see something unique, it's like the most exciting thing. And I tell everybody and I'm so happy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, So what is your next pick? So I think I'll I'll just do, let me see how many of these. I'll just do two more and then, and then I'll be done. 
So, um, what lies beneath? So interesting. You tell me. You saw the film. I did see the film. I saw the film when I was a child, and it is one of the ones that really stuck with me, and I still love it. It's uh, fun fact. It's Robert Zemeckis, and he directed it basically just to have raise more money because he directed it in between making Castaway. So when Tom Hanks was whatever he did second, gain weight or lose weight. I think he gained weight second, right? Because that was easier. I don't know. But he made it in between making the two halves of Castaway because the studio was like, what the fuck? Like, this is costing us too much. And he was like, fine, like, I'll make another movie. So he made this movie. And wow. it's uh, stars Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. And their one and only daughter goes away to college. And um, the mom, Michelle, she's just like, doesn't know what to do. And she suddenly has all this time. And like, they live in this beautiful, like, sleepy town in Vermont, and it's set in the fall. It's a great fall movie if you love, like, getting into the autumn spirit. Like, watch this. And the thing I love about it, it is, like, a supernatural movie, but it's very realistic in that, like, this ghost has a goal. Like, she, you know that this ghost has, like, a certain goal. And if you go back and watch it after you know the whole ending and stuff, it's actually, the way they did it was really smart because it's not, like, a bunch of jump scares, like, in so many horror movies, it's as if the ghost knows that it's supposed to entertain an audience watching, right? So it's it's fake. It's like, if this was a real, like, spirit, they wouldn't be doing all this shit, and they wouldn't look this crazy and, and be, like, like this. But in this movie, when you think about what the goal of the ghost is, and every single thing that, they, that, sh that she does is actually really meaningful. Like, it's a clue because she's trying to like communicate with the people in the house right so it's like everything that she does isn't just for a scare it's like pulling the pieces together and um it's just a it's just a good one i really um i really enjoy the performances and i enjoy their whole approach with like not having meaningless jump scares nice all right, it's your turn to close us out. My last one. The final film down. Uh, yeah, guys, thanks for uh, hanging around. Uh, we're going to head off the stage, and then you guys are going to clap a lot, and then Leah's going to come out and give her encore of the final uh, movie she's going to talk about. As you can tell, like I, I was getting very lazy in the middle, as like some rock bands do when they get deeper into the set, mm -hmm. and then they like finish out the show uh, strong so that they get asked for On an encore. Note. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what do we say? We finish it up? Yeah. If you have gotten... The show, lock the gates! If you've Sorry. gotten this far in the podcast, um, tweet me or um, DM me and say the word um, squirrel because I want to know if anyone got this far. So the last movie I'm going to recommend, um, this was kind of a big movie, but I feel like now it's not talked about that much. It's 10 years old already, and I just feel like it kind of flies under the radar um, because it wasn't nominated for any Oscars, which is a very unusual thing for this director. It's my favorite director of all time. Um, his name is Martin Scorsese, and it's Shutter Island. Whoa! You, you saw that, right? Shutter to Shutter Island. Did you do that purposely? No! Oh my god, I'm so artistic that I just do things like that. You're so poetic. Whoa. But you saw it, right? No. <gasps> oh, yeah. So you can't spoil it. You're you so lucky. It. You're so lucky. So I'll just give, like, I've the basic... i parts of it, though. I'll just give the basic premise that's, like, in the trailer. So, um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo go to this. They're, um, they're U.S. Marshals 
in the 50s and they go to this island that has this mental institution on it and they are um, searching for answers because Is it Shutter Island or a different one? Shutter Island. So there was a murder and um, they're investigating it. That's the main premise. I won't say anything else but the cinematography I mean you're dealing with Scorsese here so it's like what do you expect but truly like I love all of his cinematography but this one is just so beautiful and so terrifying and so heartbreakingly sickeningly sad of course leo as usual is like the greatest thing in the world that's ever happened to me in my life and i mean all the performances are are phenomenal um michelle williams emily mortimer patricia clarkson ben kingsley you know mark ruffalo is obviously always great uh it's just a very like this is another mystery because you're like what is happening and as jackie earl haley has a good role in it too and as everything is unraveling and you're learning more clues and details and things are fading in and out and is this a dream or is it not a dream and is this this moment a dream is that what's happening and the way that like things are revealed is so fascinating but um i would say the cinematography the scene with like all the the ash um in the apartment that's all i'll say is like one of my favorite pieces of visual filmmaking ever like my favorite cinematography wow yeah it's up there thank you marty we love you thank you marty that's my middle name. No, it's not. Martin. Your middle name is Martin? Yeah. How did I not know that I got you? Oh my god, what I'm kind so of friend glad are we you? Got, we got to this place. Wait, I feel like I ask everyone what their middle name is, and I never asked you. It's very conceivable that it'll have to be a Jordan Martin Freed Jordan in the entertainment Martin industry. Freed? I love that. Wait, I love that. You have a good name. Thank you. I mean, I like the name Jordan in general, but Jordan Martin? It would be kind of bad if I had a bad name, because, like, my dad's an English teacher. Imagine he couldn't come up with the words to name his son. (laughs) That is funny. Wow. All right, Jordan Martin. Uh, J-Mart. J-Mart. Tinbro. Tin fried. This was truly an experience. Thank you, Jordan. Jordan Martin fried. Cold beer on a Friday night. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you guys for uh, listening to the horror show that was this podcast. Let us know which ones from our recommendations you watch. I'm going to watch some of Jordan's. Jordan's going to watch some of mine. I'm going to sit with him and stare at him as he watches The Exorcist. Um, please, please subscribe, uh, rate, uh, tell your friends, uh, uh, if you, uh, write a review, um, just give us films that you want to talk about and we'll talk about them. Literally anything. Yeah. We can definitely talk. Please, please, if you are on an iPhone right now, please, uh, just rate us, uh, on our, uh, talking voices and on our appearances and our we are looks. beautiful and we talk like uh the radio once was and that's why you listen to us uh and your donations keep us fueled so go to anchor.fm slash movie cinema film uh slash support where you could actually donate monthly to our podcast yeah you could literally be mine and leah's sugar daddy support us because we are both actually really good looking i will say that and you know i love 1099s 
So hook us up with this ten ninety nine. Uh, donate some money to us through Anchor. Uh, also, if you want us to advertise uh, your product or something, uh, toss us a hundred bucks. Toss us three hundred bucks. Or toss something. us. $35,000 if it's the right project. Wow. Oh my gosh, please pay off my student loans. Um, is that an advertisement that we do on here? Just please help me. I uh, need to pay them off. She's trapped underneath the debt of her student loans. Please Seriously. come through. I mean, it was worth it, but, you know. Um, honestly, yeah. Uh, Peace. You guys are freaking wonderful. Um, New Jersey Weedman's joint every Wednesday night. First, second, and third Wednesday of the month. Sorry, I had to plug that. Um, also, October 15th, I am going to be uh, doing a very exclusive show at a cat cafe. If you want to be at a cat cafe show, then uh, DM the Movie Cinema Film account, or DM my account, or DM whatever account, and I will give you the location of the cat cafe. Um, Wait. It's going to be a pilot for a TV show. Yeah. Cats out of the bag! Whoa! Oh my god, cats! Um, yeah, so uh, look out for some cats. Look out for some live streams. Uh, Leah, any plugs? Uh, can you still get Princess Grams? Um, yes. Uh, if you have a child, look up onceuponaprincessnj.com. Especially a girl, although I did my first Zoom with a boy the other day, and it was the. I talked to him for an hour and a half. I normally, I advertise 15 to 40 minutes on my Zoom calls, and I talked to him for an hour and a half because I loved him so much, so. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, once upon a princess, NJ.com. They go above and beyond to make your experience magical. Thank you. He should know. Um, <laughs> you ever just see somebody who looks like somebody you know? Oh my gosh, wait. I just saw somebody who looked like my I don't see Kevin. any people right now. Yeah, well, they walked away. Um, but I'm not gonna identify which Kevin they looked like so that my multiple friends who are named Kevin could argue over whether or not it was them who Kevin I thought that person Smith? looked like. No, not Kevin Smith. Damn it. Um, alright. Uh, peace, love, and understanding.